And good morning. You are listening to Capital Chat on KNY. I am your host today, Jordan Lewis. And joining me today, I have two different folks from the Perseverance Theater. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourselves? Hello. Yeah, thanks so much. Glad to be here. My name is Rio Alberto. I'm the Director of Marketing and Engagement at Perseverance Theater. And I'm Kara Hinn, and I am the director of the show Little Women that's coming up. Right. Now, I understand that that is the primary thing we're here to discuss about Little Women. Now, first of all, talk to me about what's different about this adaptation. I understand you said it's starting, it came out of Anchorage, this this show. Correct. Yeah. I'll let the director actually talk to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing that's exciting about, like, every, uh, the book is so large, right? The book literally spans from these, like, um, these young children all the way to, like, they're getting married. They're having children of their own. And so, like, I think that the play looks really specifically at the moment um, where all of the the little women are asked to like grow up and make that choice and the play ends before we see necessarily like what exactly choices how their choices end up and so it leaves us in the space of like wondering and dreaming which I think is really exciting um, and you know it's a play that still manages you know fit in one evening so um, yeah 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 and it's very fast very funny um, in that way. I think that's some of the big stuff. <laughs> okay. Now, I have to admit, I've, I personally have actually never seen Little Women. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Not even, like, the 2019 Greta Gerwig version? I'm afraid not, no. Or the Susan Sarandon version was a 94? Yeah. Yeah, come on. I feel, like, I feel like now my family will give me flack for that one. <laughs> <laughs> the word's out now. Um, no, but, I mean, for folks that are familiar with the show, you know, like, they're, you know, we know the beloved story of the March sisters growing up against the backdrop of the Civil War, right? But... Um, what this play does really fabulously is that it feels as though it translates that story in such a way that like audiences that are familiar <laughs> with the with the novel um, would you know have probably had a moment of like oh which one am I am I more of like a Joe or a Meg or anything. <laughs> um, and this allows that, this kind of opens that up to where it's like, regardless of whether or not you identify as a woman, you know, there's probably elements of each of these characters that you're like, oh, wait a second, how much of that lives within me as well, too? So it's cool in the way that it's broadened up. Like you said, it's a huge, mm -hmm. huge, there's, it was originally two novels, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Little Women, Then Good Wives, I think. We never get to the second one, thank goodness. <laughs> thank um, <laughs> but um, no, 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 I think that, I like, I think like you're saying, something that's like really important to the show is that like this novel is set during the Civil War so we think that it's like the things that we're talking about is so long ago but it's it's really not the things that like the the March sisters are dealing with are things that we're dealing with today we're talking about the division between folks on race we're talking about how gender roles and um, like gender equity is something that we're still really working towards and how um, I think for me the big thing is that like um, gender roles and strict strict ideas about gender are, are hold us all back as like humans and people um, and it's the same things they were asking then is what we're trying to ask ourselves now um, yeah <laughs> so I think you've hit the nail on the head of probably why I did not engage with it originally is, is that Civil War topic because uh, for me personally that's always been a, an awkward one uh, given my family background because I, I do come from a mixed family racial background and so my brain is always like I'm on both sides of a lot of these issues historically mm. which is a weird thing to think about for me personally because then I'm like okay well then I have some people who are on this side of it that thought this way about it and then obviously I have the other side of this especially when you know, you're talking the Civil War that I'm like 
Well, it's also so I'm not enslaved anymore back in the day. Yeah. Uh. And, and I think that, like, I don't know that this play perfectly addresses, like, I'm also mixed race. And I, I don't think that this play, like, perfectly addresses racism, but I think it can... Um, I think some of the, what's written can like be a, uh, a moment to like lead to discussion, and I think just like the backdrop of the Civil War, I I don't think we're like not to be like that person, but you know our our country's in this moment of like unrest and feeling very like how are we gonna go? Like are we gonna tear ourselves apart? So I think that that's the <laughs> the big resonator there. Mm. Absolutely. There also feels as though there's this like element of survival too, like you yeah. had said. Um, you know, there, there, we're we're watching um, these characters kind of like they as they grow up and they make this choice. They make a choice ultimately for their own survival as mm. they're growing up in poverty, as they're grappling with the reality that the world expects something of me because of their perception of my body. But like, right. I mean, like we all grew up loving Joe. Like I don't, I don't know a single person that wasn't like, oh yeah, like literally one of my best friends is like named Josephine after um, <laughs> Joe from Little Women, right? Yeah. So we all resonate with this character, but now when we put it in a contemporary context, there seems to be this, like, uh, there's now this obstacle when we look at, oh, wait a second, like, we were celebrating this woman who was challenging the expectations of her gender at the time, and now here in this modern day, it feels like we, there's, there's, all of a sudden, there's a quote-unquote debate about that. Um, right. But uh, you know, Joe makes the choices for her survival. Also, you have their father, who is mm-hmm. you know fighting for also his survival at different points, right? So there, yeah. there feels the stakes feel a little bit higher than like the the cozy story. While also, like you said, it does not directly address the Civil War. There are mm-hmm. some moments where we talk a little bit about what are the true sentiments of everyone in the North, kind of like you said not to be that person, but in contemporary context, right? It's like, you know, what are, what are the true sentiments of some people that are progressive, right? Are we truly yeah. um, open to hearing, understanding, receiving, and demonstrating that empathy? Or does our empathy only extend uh, to our front door? You know, mm-hmm. like once you go beyond that, all of a sudden you don't matter to mm-hmm. me, right? So, yeah. And when faced with unfamiliar things, how will you react, <laughs> you know, in the face of change? Like, how do you um, do you attempt to to remain like a stone, like unmoving? Um, and I think that <clears throat> that's something that the play really rubs up against is um, how do you deal with change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still very cozy. <laughs> but it's still very fun. <laughs> it's still cozy. <laughs> and there's like these really beautiful costumes that are like all giving skirts, period. Um, so like, yes, yes. Still our like amazing world of like 1863? 63. 63, okay. <laughs> Ish, yeah. Okay. And, no, I think, and I think it's good that you mentioned like it's important to have those same conversations and bring those into the, that contemporary context because mm-hmm. obviously as a form of art, the interpretation of that's also going to change with time. And so while we still see those similar sort of messages, the way that we look at them now, it's going to be entirely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that as much as like, I think what you're saying, like as much as we're different from folks in the past, we aren't. I think something that's that I found during my like research for this is that um, Louisa May Alcott uh, was most likely trans and went by Lou um, for like most of their life. And so um, I think that that's something 
that's really important and that I wanted to try and find inside this production in terms of like gender expansiveness being at the center of it because I think something that's really important um, as a queer person is to remember that like it's not new and that like we do have these ancestors no matter how history wants to like change or necessarily like whitewash them quote unquote um yeah No, definitely. And then, and so, what are some of the things that Perseverance is doing to kind of have the, your guys' production stand out? I guess sort of the way I want to phrase that question. Well, um, uh, Perseverance Theater Productions are always a standout. Well, I know, <laughs> that. I know, of course, of course. No, I'm just teasing you. Of course, um, I think, um, in particular, with this production, um, I think we're able to carry um, a lot of like the values of Perseverance Theater and its um, programming and its team now. We're able to carry a lot of those into the rehearsal room in that um, I think you, uh, you, we are not shying away from these discussions or these conversations and like allowing space hopefully in the, in the room to talk about them and to have uh, to develop an environment of safety for the artists to fully explore that so then the audience can then feel um, uh, empowered. Like we're giving the audience permission to be able to discuss these things uh, in, a, in an environment of safety as well too. And I think, um, uh, you know, the, the, the playwright and the team kind of from the beginning recognized like that this story, um, if we're going to be doing this adaptation, we should ensure that the that the world we're building on stage is reflective of the communities that we all serve yeah. and we recognize that that is not always the the, the world we operate in here even in, on Clinket Ani is not always um representative of what dominant you know american media and culture tries to tell us it looks like right when you look i mean i'm thinking of like any family sitcom from growing up right except for the george lopez show uh, (laughs) looked a very specific way and so i think this production takes care to to be more inclusive of the racial and gender identities um that we put on this stage too because i think as well um i'm thinking you know uh we mentioned earlier about the civil war a little bit i do think about how um, you know, we have to take care when we have black bodies on stage exploring a story in a historical context that that is you know, not addressing it, but it's present and it's there. So how are we um, trying to create an environment of safety and for, for that sort of exploration? Um, I don't know. What are yeah, your thoughts? No, I was, I was going to say it makes me think about, um, you know, the idea of family in the and the way that we we view family as not necessarily being like a a strict like biological thing but instead the people who are there and care for us mm-hmm. um i think that's something really exciting about this production is that um it's great for families to come to and um you know we get the perspective of like what is it like to feel and struggle and grow up in a time where things feel unsure um and then how do you like how can parents and kids really begin to like have that dialogue and talk about like how they feel about how things are are different and changing around them and how they want to exist in the world i think something that's really exciting is that you see each of the march <clears throat> the march kids like make decisions about like what direction their life wants to go in um and i think that that's like a beautiful thing that they have choice and agency and so i think it's a great space for like parents and kids to come together and be like so what about that choice so you know to open doors and and create like intergenerational dialogue 
Definitely. And now, and people can find tickets for the event on the Perseverance Theater website? Mm-hmm. Correct. PTAlaska.org. Although I will say um, tickets are going <laughs> pretty fast for opening weekend. I think Saturday has a few less, but we're looking at about 35 remaining for Friday for opening. So mm-hmm. um, I would definitely recommend people go online to PTAlaska.org um, pretty soon and make sure that you reserve those tickets ahead of time. Hot potatoes. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you both for coming on because we are running, actually, we're running a little over. So I got to. We gotta end this oh, wrap it up. segment. Okay. Yeah, so but thanks for coming on. It's good it's been good talking with you. Good thank, thank you so much. You are listening to Capital Chat on KINY.